Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host as always, Anthony Grieve, Sports Editor, Daily Trojan. I'm joined as always, Adam Jasper, Sports Editor. We have a special guest today, Editor-in-Chief, Tuisha Dixit. How's it going, Tuisha? You know, just trying to make it through the day and week. That's that's how it is. Jeez, that was a little depressing. Adam, please go ahead. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk USC football today. Yeah, exactly. That's when we talk about USC football. Unfortunately, talk about USC football. Right. After that, uh, I don't know how to describe that loss. 45-27, lost Oregon State last week, where Oregon ran for let me 319. 319. Yeah. 319 rushing yards. And had five over five hundred, I think five hundred thirty-five total yards. Five and a half football fields almost of total yards. So a disgusting performance by USC at home at the Coliseum. Let's talk about that first before we jump into it. Adam, how do you assess this that defeat to Oregon State last week? Well, it was just clear that defensive coordinator Todd Orlando and just the personnel that USC had out there was just not going to be able to handle that rush from the start. And when Oregon State solidified that, they could run play action. They could get Chance Nolan involved. Chance Nolan, um, Oregon State's quarterback, had a great game, just threw really well. Uh, he had the first, like, four touchdowns for them um, because he was playing finisher every drive. They'd run the ball all the way down the field and then just throw a short touchdown. So, you know, it, it just looked really poor out there from the Trojans on defense, and they weren't able to make adjustments at halftime, and it just got worse as the game went on. A lot like Stanford, unfortunately. Um, that was kind of my, my take on it. Tuisha, you have anything to add? Please. Editor-in-chief you know, of Daily Trojan, Tuisha, please. I feel like this is nothing new. I feel like... Over the past few years, if you look at the defense, they never have anything to say for the rush game. It's not that they're very good for the passing game. They're just not good in general. But I think when it's rush game, especially if it's a quarterback who can sort of run it, it just confuses them. And you would think season after season, they would realize they need to do something about that. But... I don't see it. What about you guys? Yeah, dual-threat quarterbacks against USC, it's not great. And you guys talked about it. The rush, that rush defense was just terrible. And we didn't see that in the first couple games, so it was kind of surprising for me to see that. And it's like they couldn't stop him from beginning to end. And it was very similar to that Stanford game. But the Stanford game, there were some signs of hope. even though. And also, both of them started off weird. First penalty on the first game. Stanford, the problem was that they had so many penalties. This game, they didn't have so that many penalties, but it was the rush game of Oregon State that just dominated literally like from the beginning to the end. It just like never ended. I will say, though, that both teams really had a fair bit of penalties in the yeah, Oregon yeah. State game. It, wasn't, it was more so that there wasn't that inequity there or like just the, the stark contrast between the two teams. In the Stanford game, we had just so many more. But I think Oregon State had more penalties than USC in that game, especially that one drive where they got, like, three defensive holding calls in a row. I've never seen that in my yeah, life. Yeah, that's the thing. Oregon State had, I think, 11 penalties for yeah. over 100 yards, and they still managed to win the game. It made it worse. It made it way worse. Which is crazy to think about. So that was just a terrible performance. Todd Orlando had a crazy quote the other day and said he watched the film and beat himself up 400 times, which is a little intense. I hope he's okay <laughs> after that. <laughs> 400 times is a lot. But, yeah, it was... Uh, you know, it was a bad performance. And now you go to Colorado on the road. Jeez, I don't know. I mean, that's a game you should win. But we said that 
the other two times we've done talking Troy. Many a time. No more predictions. We always said that, but we always predicted. But it's okay. But that goes into our next conversation about the QB controversy, which you know, there's lots of thoughts and opinions. This is why we have Tusha here, who is very adamant on this. So Tusha, please go ahead, and we will reply. Yeah, my main expertise is just looking at quarterbacks. That's what I do. So, you know, if you'd asked me after the Washington State game, it was the Washington State game, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I would have said that Slovis needed another chance. And I think that's what we kept talking about. Because, I don't know, new coach, um, Clay's gone. So I feel like... Slovis needed a chance to sort of play with Dante and see how that goes. But I've completely changed my mind after Oregon State. Um, unfortunately, Jackson Dart is no longer available, at least until he recovers. But I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Slovis. He just seems to keep getting worse and worse each game. And I just keep losing hope in him. So... Maybe real, Dart is the way to go. Yeah, real quick on Jackson Dart. So he had a partial tear of his meniscus, and I guess it was a small procedure, smaller than like normally thought. So he's considered week to week, whatever the hell that means, because that could mean anything, like oh, week to week, then he's out six weeks. So that's his like designation. So honestly, his timeline is pretty unclear. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And Miller Moss is the obviously the next man up. Adam, did you want to touch on this real quick? Yeah, I mean... I would really like to reiterate what Twisha said. I had I had really the exact same uh, outlook after the Wazoo game. Um, I was thinking, well, we got a lot more aggressive with the play calling, and I think that benefited Dart a lot more than him having a great game. And I really didn't give him enough credit because we saw that when Slovis came back in, it just fell flat. And I think there was some of that magic. And obviously, being a mobile quarterback is a, a big help. But we're just seeing Slovis kind of stall out, and that freshman year magic that he had is really not there anymore as, as much as I hate to say it. I think you're going to get what you get from a three-star uh, a three-star recruit, and that's kind of the overarching theme here is that you can have a really good year, but it wasn't always going to be something that was guaranteed to last. So, I mean, I, I'm on the dart train right now if we can get him back, but... For now, I would still roll with Slovis. I think Miller Moss is an intriguing option. I was surprised he didn't play in the Oregon State game yep. in garbage time. I want to see him at least get some reps um, if Slovis is going to keep stalling out. And he had like two late game turnovers too, so there's no point in not putting him in. It's also like, I feel like with Slovis, the team just seems uninspired. Like I remember when it was dark, everyone seemed excited to be there. They were making moves. Um... When he first came in, like, he didn't instantly do well, but the team as a whole just seemed more inspired with Slovis. It's like, they're all just there. They're not moving. They're not doing anything. And I don't know. I can't help but think if that also has something to do with the fact that he was never made a team leader this season because I think, you know, how the team feels and thinks and who the team wants to be leading them can also have an effect on how they play in the field. That could. He also, but he was team captain last year, but also two different teams. So that's an interesting point. But yeah, you guys, honestly, you touched upon the one thing that I was going to mention, the energy of the team just like went 
I don't know. It kind of when Jackson Dark came in, the first half obviously was a mess. But that second half, when they were clicking, energy on the sidelines was just insane. And Chris Steele, the cornerback, um, had an interesting quote. Basically called Jackson Dart a leader. And a, that's a freshman. And that's a quote from someone on the defensive side. So that's pretty impressive. And the center, Brett Nealon, also had a really good quote. He said he reminds me a little bit of Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold obviously led USC to a Rose Bowl victory in his freshman year, taking over for an injured quarterback, or not injured quarterback, but taking over for Max Brown. So kind of had those, like, parallels. It's unfortunate we weren't able to see that. But after Washington State, I was very much lobbying for Jackson Dart starting because of the things that you guys just mentioned. The energy level was very low from USC just when Slovis was in. And and the, he's a three-star recruit, yeah, but he's been playing very well his freshman year, but he hasn't been the same since then. And especially this year, he had, I think, against San Jose State, Stanford, those were two of the lowest passing yards he's ever had in his career in, in back-to-back games. Last time that happened was his freshman year. And the last game against Oregon State, he had 355 yards, but it wasn't really impressive. His completion percentage was near 60. He had three touchdowns, or excuse me, three interceptions. He's had the same amount of touchdowns, interceptions this year, 4-4. Four, four. So that's not good. And I thought Miller Moss should have got a shot. And the game was basically over, like, by the end of the third quarter. Might as well just throw him in, see what he could do. But that's why we're having this conversation now, the QB controversy. I don't think Keen Slovis will lose his job on the road at Colorado. But if it's a tough outing, you know, I think some discussions have to be made. You've got to give Miller Moss some reps. Because he's a different type of quarterback. He's more mobile. So mix it up a little bit. Give him some experience. See what he could do. That's that's really what they should do. And I think Dante Williams is kind of seeing how well Slovis can respond. Because, you know, that's what makes a good quarterback. Like when you're, you know, under distress or you're getting negative energy around you, you're having poor performances, how do you respond? So far he hasn't responded. So we have to see what happens. I think my other thing is he just doesn't do well under pressure. It's it's like USC is beginning to lose the pressure is building and instantly he'll start throwing more interceptions and fumbles and all of that. And at least from what I saw, Dart was the opposite. He didn't start out well, but he took well to the pressure and he was able to perform during, even with the pressure. And for Slovis, it's like, it seems to keep getting worse as the pressure builds up. Yeah, like we're not trying to destroy Keen Slovis, all right? He's a real, he's a really good player, man. We're not yeah. trying to destroy. I him. mean, you got to give him credit too that they were executing a really solid offense at the start of that Oregon State game. But I also think that plays to Tuisha's point is that uh, as the pressure kind of built up, I mean, he didn't really get much help from his defense. Let's let's not get that wrong. He was, and it's always tough as a quarterback to be in a situation where you're scoring and then your defense is going out there and giving up more points than you can put up with. Um, but yeah, when the going got tough, it just slowed down so much, specifically for him and for the entire offense. Whereas with Dart, you know, he had two early turnovers and then absolutely turned it on. So yeah, that defense. Yeah, I mean, look, the last game wasn't really on on Slovis. None of that, because when your defense can't stop, really it doesn't matter how many points you put up. At some point, defense has to get a stop. So that was really primarily on the defense. But you know, you just want to see some some life in him like when something goes down you want to see some energy i'm not saying he doesn't have energy he probably does in different ways but i think that mentally and i was talking to somebody else about this mentally he's he's not as strong as we kind of might have imagined um and like that's not obviously it's not fair to assume that because 
we're, we're not in this position, but that's just what it seems like from the outside. From the outside. Maybe it's different. That's just what it looks like. So we're not trying to like destroy him for that. But right. that's what it looks like. Just looks like when, when things go bad, he kind of panics more. And I think it might have been Dante Williams who said it, um, I think Sunday night, or he said, yeah, or, or it might have been Graham Harrell, one of them. But that once the game was kind of getting out of hand, he started forcing more throws, trying to make the big play. And that's basically what happened. Um, whereas, like, like you said, Jackson Dart in that half was just crazy. So, I mean, he threw for four touchdowns in one half. Or no, three touchdowns in one half. Broke a record almost for his debut. This is Also, this is not a pro-Jackson Dart podcast. We're just laying out the facts, <laughs> I swear. It's just we're not pro or anti-anyone. Just laying out the facts. So we'll have to see what happens next. Any final thoughts? Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but this time through the season, the team, when they're losing... I've just seen moments where they sort of give up. It almost seems like they don't want to be on the field and not even trying. That They just have that mentality. And I remember 2018, that was freshman year season. It was a losing season for USC. I don't remember the exact record they had, but they were still trying each game. Just it was like... Seven, I think. Yeah, it was like, you know, they would sort of be losing but they were still putting in effort i never got the feeling that they just didn't want to be there i think some of it though has to go to the fans i think some fans nowadays or not nowadays but this season especially i've been very vocal about their their just like just frustration and some like some people have talked about it some student managers have mentioned it how fans this year have been very rowdy compared to previous years They've been more likely to, to say stuff while they're, you know, exiting, going into the tunnel. I think that plays a part. I think they all feel the heat. They all feel the pressure. And it's difficult to block that out, especially at this age. If you're on social media, you always see it. You're part of this program. It's difficult to block that out. So I think that plays a role. That plays a role in their mental just because there's a lot of expectations. Clay Elton got fired after two games. Dante Williams comes in. The team is not at a high level. And one thing we have to mention is, like, Dante Williams said after Saturday, he's like, put the blame on me. We're going to fix it, I promise. It's not Dante Williams' fault at all. This is just a buildup of poor recruiting, poor Clay Helton decisions, poor decisions from previous athletic directors that are now surely going to get fixed, hopefully. So, Dante Williams. If if this podcast is one thing, it's a pro-Dante Williams. We're a Dante Williams fan club. Whether or not he stays at USC after the season. As I digress, we got to talk more about USC at Colorado this weekend. And, and look, USC is undefeated against Colorado, which means they're probably going to lose this weekend because that's just how the season is going. They're somehow still favorites, seven-point favorites. Last week, they were, were they 10-point favorites? Something ten, along those lines. Ten and a half points. They lost by, like, 20. So they're probably going to lose by, what, 14? You heard it here first. We're not making predictions. No predictions. But just a couple of quick things. Um, if you thought it was going bad for USC, it's pretty bad for Colorado. They average only 13 points a game. Tied for, you want to take a guess, any of you? Like, I mean, all I know is that they're on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, they average 13 points per game, which is tied for what place in the nation? Second worst. Well, I don't know if it's second one. It's just 127th. Oh. So I don't know how many schools they have, but that's 127th 
it's pretty bad. I, I, I will contextualize that. They had a good game against Texas A&M, uh, ranked team this year. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I mean, A&M just dropped one to Arkansas, so take that with a grain of salt. But still, they, they were ahead in that game for most of the game. They shut down that yeah. offense. Um, granted, A&M's quarterback was injured, but still an impressive – it was an impressive loss. Yeah, it was a disgusting 10-7 game. Right. Yeah, so I don't know about that. But, um, yeah, so they've lost uh, – they, they went scoreless against Minnesota. They had 13 against Arizona State, 7 against Texas A&M, and 35 against Northern Colorado. So this offense is um, not that great. But this defense for USC is not that great, so who will give up? You never know. Um, but, yeah, so this is a, an opportunity for USC to – Get back in the win column. Well, Adam, oh, I'm going to say it again. Any predictions? <laughs> we said no predictions, but just tell me just tell me what to look out for. Just tell me that. I'm going to say what to look out for, and I'm not going to give any numbers. Yes. Yeah, no, no numbers. Just tell me what you want to see. I want to see a bounce back from Keaton Slovis. Um, I don't know if we will. I want to see a schematic bounce back from our defense, um, and I want to see it in the form of if Todd Orlando is going to commit to the blitz, then he's got to get his safeties and cornerbacks to make one-on-one plays and not give it up. So if he can't rely on them to do that, I don't want him blitzing. And that's that's what I want to look out for. Yeah, you know, I'll agree with that. Also, I forgot to mention, this is Katie Nixon's wide receiver for USC. It's his homecoming. Remember, he's a transfer from Colorado, so maybe he goes crazy, but I don't know. But yeah, I'm just going to try. I'm honestly just going to focus on the offense. I just want to see what Slovis does. I just want to see how he responds, and I want to see if Miller Moss gets time. Also, the defense, how the secondary looked against Oregon State was pretty rough. So, and the linebackers got exposed. So, how did they bounce back? Will the run game continue? Because Keontae Ingram last week basically served as the primary back after that 1A, 1B system with Levi and Dante Williams said, screw that. So, hopefully that continues because that was very productive. So I'm going to pay attention to that. Um, I, think, I think I said everything. And also, who steps up outside Drake London? <laughs> That's like, could be a topic every week. Like, who is it this week? Last week. Also, Michael Trigg, by the way. Shout out Michael Trigg because he finally got some playing time. And it's about time because he's a beast. So hopefully he can get some more playing time. That's another thing. Tusha, do you have anything before we sign off? I mean, I don't have too many expectations from this team, but I am excited to see what Drake London does. I feel like even with the team losing, he manages to do well for himself. So that's the only thing I'm looking for. Yeah, Drake London is crazy. Um, anything else, Adam? Uh, that's it for me. I, I, I always like watching Drake London uh, carry our receiving core as well. It's no coincidence. His name is Drake the rapper Drake. You get what I'm saying? Of course, Anthony's making that comparison. Yeah, I, had to, I had to sneak it in. Anyways, that's all we have <laughs> for this week on Talking Troy. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, DTL underscore sports. Make sure to check out our content, dailychildren.com slash sports. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. Tusha, do you have any shout-outs you want to give? This is your only time. No, I'm not. No shout-outs. Okay, <laughs> that's all we have. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in next week.